know, Drew, there's some days where I was ju- I'm just like, you know what, Skynet, just just hurry up. Just hurry up. Um, here we are back again, and we're trying, Drew, we're trying real hard to put together a quality show for the people because I've listened to our podcast. You sound, you know, your, your tones are dulcet, silky smooth as they always are. I sound, as far as audio quality goes, like I'm talking through Captain Lou Albano's jockstrap while he's still wearing it. Um, so, but the struggle goes on, the road goes ever on, as Tolkien once said. And here we are back again, fighting the good fight, bringing the show to the people. Folks, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Do. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who, with me, will be the next downloadable content characters in Fortnite, Mr. Drew Celestino. Sure, why not? They, everything, yeah. else, everything else is in Fortnite. Everything else is in Fortnite. We will be the next downloadable character content pack. It's You'll have really... your options. Yeah. You, can, you can have us in the red Devil's Do t-shirts or the black devil's do t-shirts i mean we'll have all the same movesets and features as anyone else in fortnite because all they do is skin stuff in that game they don't really pay any real attention to you know making the characters feel authentic but hey it'll look like us at least right actually no you are getting a specific design regardless of what the player inputs on the controller your character just kind of stands there and looks around and be like this is stupid that's why fair. am i doing this uh, hey that that's the most effort they would put into a uh, a, a DLC character, so I'm I'm here for that. <laughs> Sir, how are you doing? How have your weeks been? I am well. Let's let's kick things off. Shall there we? we go. Yes, 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 yes. Let's get the show on the road, as it were. Uh, before we get into that, I will relay what we're doing this evening. This evening, we have ourselves. An Ithaca Brewing Company Flower Power, which is an old favorite of mine for many, many years. However, they are now doing varieties of Flower Power. So this is the Flower Power with Mosaic Hops. They're actually selling 12 packs of just Flower Power with varieties. So they have like, uh, or is it 12 pack or is it an 8 pack? It's an 8 pack of um, 16 ounce cans. So two original Flower Powers, two Flower Powers with Pineapple two flower powers with galaxy hops and two flower powers with mosaic. And I've enjoyed all of them. I have not had the mosaic yet. So this is the first time I am cracking one. So let's see how it stacks up. Oh, my. Mm. Mm. Yummy. Mm. That is yummy. Yeah. That's an old favorite. That is, uh, still good. Still good. That's, that's reassuring in, in, in the craft beer world. Unfortunately, um, it's usually all about what's new and the people to kind of chase whatever the new thing is. And I hate seeing old favorites kind of die on the vine because they've become passe in the eyes of the craft beer crowd just because they're old, not because they're not good. Um, so I do like seeing old staples uh, stick around and flourish. So props, Flower Power. You've diversified uh, a classic and kept it in, you know, kept it good. So anyway... How am I? I am pretty good, I suppose, as well as one can be. Um, 
I had to do a little emergency plumbing this evening. Uh, it's always a good time. The check valve on my sump pump was leaking, so it was kind of just spraying water willy-nilly um, out of the side of the valve, so I had to replace that today, which was simple enough, but annoying, because I feel like every year or two, I have to do something with the sump pump, and it's just a total pain. I I hate it. <laughs> I hate sump pumps, yet they're so necessary. Yeah. We actually don't have one in our house. And Tonawanda must be sitting was, a little higher in the water grade table than Chictawaga. <laughs> well, I mean, not not necessarily. Our house, the way our house is built is that it's kind of like elevated from ground level. So like when we get a big snow thaw, we get a heavy rainfall, we get a ton of water in the backyard. Yeah. But we have I've no seen, I've seen this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't have any um, artificial drainage whatsoever. Right. But there are so many huge trees in the neighborhood. They just soak it up right away within a day or so. But like, there's no, and we've had where it's come right up to the house and we'll get like a little, like a little puddle here, maybe there, but nothing ever that would, uh, necessitate needing a sump pump. Knock on wood. Well, I'm at the point where I've had just enough, I don't want to call it scares, but I've done enough work in the last three to five years on this, with the sump pump situation. I've replaced the pump twice already, and yeah. now the check valve uh, just got replaced. Uh, it's fine. I mean, I've never had a, fortunately, I've never had it uh, overflow on me. I've been pretty on top of it, although I've had some late night adventures to, like, Walmart to buy a, a sump pump at, at one in the morning. Thank God yeah. for 24 hour. I hate, I, I never thought I would say this, but thank God for 24 hour Walmart. <laughs> as, right, much as, I, right. as much as I despise Walmart, they came in, they came in, uh, in, in the clutch for me a couple times. Um, but I think at this point, I'm just going to go ahead and shell out the money and get the backup, uh, water pressure sump pump put in. So if something ever does happen to the, uh, electric pump, I don't have to sweat it and the, the water one will get, get me by until I can deal with it. Yeah, so it's it's one it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, shouldn't technology have improved on this by now? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty simple machine, but unfortunately, mine kicks on. I mean, mine kicks on depending on the the rainfall situation or the ice melting situation or what have you. I mean, it kicks on a yeah. double digit times a day, and you can multiply that by the year, and you know. That that's a machine that does a job, so it it's not too surprising that after, you know, a year, two, three years, they just burn out. I guess that just, I mean, it is what it is. I don't love it, but it is what it is. Uh, at least yeah. my basement is dry, especially now as I am uh, finally kind of getting the ball rolling on the retro game station down here. I ordered some. Uh, I ordered a uh, entertainment stand for my CRTs. I had to exhaustively search uh, Overstock or Wayfair. I think I got it from Wayfair because I heard some nefarious things about Overstock's uh, ownership. But in any case, um, the trick there, though, was finding a uh, stand that could withstand uh, the weight of two CRTs, one of which that weighs about 80 pounds. So (laughs) I had to find one that uh, had a weight limit for like 200 pounds, which I did find. So that will be coming sometime in early March. I'm not in a rush, but I did buy one. 
Um, no, if you were going really retro with it, you could do the old cinder blocks and two by fours thing. Uh, there is that, but no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to do it do it proper. So uh, any anyway, um, let's see, Carl. What else happened in the last couple of weeks? Uh, I'm now into season five of the Expanse, um, so I am almost caught up with the current season of the Expanse. I'm about three episodes in. Um, it's still amazing. Uh, season three is probably the best so far. Four is good, but three really like it sets the stage up in such a way where like it, it crests in three and sets everything up for a whole new like stage for everything. So they have to like kind of not rebuild, but the stage is reset for season four. So they have to kind of get the ball rolling again. Um, and now we're into season five and, uh, it's interesting because our little, our, no spoilers, no spoilers in season five, uh, things change a little bit again because, uh, each character kind of goes off in their own little adventure. And I'm going to assume that they all converge to, you know, end the season on some kind of bit, you know, they all have to band together at some point, I'm sure. But it's interesting because like they, they are, you know, playing with your expectations and keeping things fresh. So very cool. Still really enjoy it and i still recommend it highly to anyone and i've had some uh some people reach out to me and tell me how how thrilled they are that i'm watching it uh so that's kind of cool uh your friend adam uh hit me up on facebook and he's, he was so amped up that i'm watching the expanse <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah he asked me he's like you start watching the expanse i'm like nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah we talked we were talking for a bit it was fun so uh <laughs> Yeah, highly re- again, highly recommended. It uh, it has not let me down yet. It's great if you like science fiction in space. It's just this is this is what if if you're disillusioned by what modern Star Trek is, um, watch The Expanse. <laughs> it's you'll feel so much better about everything. Anyway, um, and then I got the itch in the recent uh, that I no, I already talked about this Castlevania. Yeah, I think I talked about this already. Yeah. Okay. You do. So I am uh, about a hundred and change percent on the uh, primary castle. And all I have left to do, I believe, after I saved last night, was to uh, go and fight Richter with the uh, Holy Glasses. And uh, spoilers for a 24-year-old game. You put the Holy Glasses on when you fight Richter, and then you don't fight Richter. You actually will destroy the orb above him which then unlocks the inverted castle which is what you want because then you get a whole new castle to explore new but old so yes uh symphony of the night is my jam carl i also uh fell down the well of mechanical keyboards in the last couple weeks um Okay, mechanical keyboard being different from, like, are you talking like a computer keyboard? Yeah, that's correct. A keyboard? Nope. Computer keyboard. So, what's a, what's a mechanical keyboard? Uh, most keyboards in the last 20 to 30 years are membrane keyboards, so it's a circuit board, uh, kind of like a underneath, if you ever open up a game controller... You know yeah. how they're under the buttons. There is a rubber membrane that, when you push it, it 
a contact makes contact with the circuit board and it sends the signal for the button, right? Yeah. A keyboard, um, a, a membrane keyboard, is much the same, where it's all rubber membrane under there, with your nice flat keys, and um, that's fine. But uh, a mechanical keyboard is, there is no membrane. Uh, every single key is its own mechanical switch. And this is the way they were made back in the day. And uh, now it's... Now it's a whole enthusiast scene, and there's multiple kinds of switches, uh, very with varying degrees of pressure for act for to make them work. Um, and then there's the the question of, do you want them clicky or not clicky? So um, I went ahead and bought a tester kit for about eighteen dollars, and it comes with nine different switches, and they're all different colors, so that you can know which one is which. And then you've got your different kinds. So there's the Cherry MX Brown, which is this guy. Fair enough. Uh, nice, nice, nice feel. Doesn't click. The sound you're hearing is purely the mechanical mechanism. Then you've got the Cherry MX Blue, which is this. Now that one has a mechanical click. And it's very satisfying, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and I was really torn between the blue and the brown, but I ended up going with the brown because it still sounds satisfying and feels satisfying to the to the touch. It doesn't have the mechanical click, which I miss. However, the mechanical click is very loud, and I feel that in a house where I'm separated by a thin floor above me to <laughs> when I'm working all day coding, that might get annoying for anyone else who lives here. So... For now, I went ahead and purchased a mechanical keyboard with uh, MX Brown Cherry MX Brown switches, and that will be here sometime next week, probably. So, folks, uh, first off, if you're still listening after that, good on you. It's like a <laughs> Drew. I really wish you could see the look on my face right now, like. It's a whole. It's, this is it's, a whole enthusiast a, scene, it's, Carl. It's it's that that look on my face when I'm like, you know how I kind of like put my index finger up against my temple, my head's kind of crooked to the side. I'm just like, uh huh. You know how you are uh, about coffee. Yep, yeah, that's coffee. And to people who are into keyboards, keyboards are their coffee. And when you when you do I'm, when you do think about it, Carl. In my case, especially as a programmer, I interface with a keyboard eight hours a day, if not more, every day. And my keyboard has been, I don't want to say problematic, but it's been fine, but it could be better. And that's when you get into the mechanical keyboard scene and people just swear that they're better. They're more satisfied. They're happier working. They're more productive. And they just find the experience that much better working on a tool that is made at a high quality than a higher quality than what I have currently. Listen, I'm not going to besmirch a scene their passion. We've always said on this show that we do not shy away from talking about our passions. We're going to embrace, you know, as many passions as we feel comfortable embracing. Um, I mean, I'm just saying that the, 
if you were to give me a list of phrases that I didn't think would ever be uttered on the show, mechanical keyboard scene, dude, it's a, it's a thing. Be I don't want. I'm, not- I'm sure it's a thing. Oh, that's that's great. You probably have all of them. Mind you, uh, I don't want to be in the scene. I'm just telling you, it is one. And it gets real, <laughs> real cork sniffery real quick. So, uh, what I bought, believe it or not, in the enthusiast scene is seen as like, oh, I wouldn't be caught dead with that, even though it's <laughs> it's perfectly fine and and very good, even. Um, right. It's it's a whole thing, and you can customize them. Um, the one I got is not. Uh, I, I had I had choice I had a lot of choices, and I actually went with I, I had a whole thing set up with one company where I designed my own keyboard um, with all my own colored keycaps. I had a whole scheme worked out, looked really cool, um, but I ended up getting a different model uh, from a different manufacturer that was slightly higher rated. I did not get to choose the colors of my own keycaps, but it is backlit, which the one I designed was not. Um, my current keyboard is backlit. So I can see the keys. Um, they light up white. So when I kind of... I have a tray under my desk where I type most of the time. And the backlighting is actually super helpful. Um, so I kind of wanted to stick with that. So the one I got is full RGB backlighting. And it has various patterns and colors and, and things you can program it to do. I'll probably play with that and see what, what I like most. But uh, in any case, all the keys are black. However, in the scene... You, it's a very, very, very common, and uh, to go ahead and purchase aftermarket key uh, keys in whatever colors you can imagine, and make your own themed keyboard. So I'll probably get into that down the road. That's the other fun thing about mechanical keyboards is that you can make them look however you want, which is which is fun. So then there's also the issue of cleaning. That's it, and that's another reason why I went this route, Carl. On the membrane keyboard I have, I can't take these keys off the model I have, so. In my keyboard, I have all matter of dog hair, dust, crumbs, and whatever. And when it gets gummed up, it's really a chore. It it never really gets clean. I just have to get under it with like a twist tie or whatever to try and get the obstruction out of it. Uh, with the mechanical one, I can pull the keycaps off, spray some, get a can of get a can of compressed air, just blast it clean, and be done. Okay, it's a it's a fine tuned machine. I'm I'm concerned now that one day you're going to sample one of the higher end mm. mechanical keyboards, and that that'll that'll just kind of be it. You'll be sucked in, and it's like it kind it reminds me of. I I know you don't watch the show, but bear with me. Um, a scene from Rick and Morty where uh, Morty is building something and he's using a level. Uh huh. And Rick comes out. He's like, "What are you doing? You, that this is a piece of crap, you know, instrument. You don't know what true level is." And like he he makes this small patch of ground that is true level, <laughs> and he tells he tells Morty to stand on it. And Morty stands on it. The Morty's like, "Yeah, whatever, fine." He stands on it. And just like he enters into this like state of ecstasy, and then when he gets off, he's like, "No, the world is all off. This doesn't <laughs> feel right at all." That, I'll send you the scene. It's hilarious. That, like even if you don't watch the show, that you'll appreciate the scene. Just on your description alone, 
that is the mechanical keyboard scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't foresee myself getting that crazy. Um, then again, I have one coming. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why you never tempt yourself with even trying the high end stuff. I am a little concerned that I I did get again. I went with the Cherry MX Browns. The the, the they're good. I like them, but. I'm not gonna lie. The more I the more I play with the blue one, the clicky clicky one, it's so satisfying. <laughs> it's just, anyway, um, that's really all I've been up to. How are you? Um, not not nearly as exciting, apparently. Um, I wouldn't call it exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, usual quarantine fair. Yeah. Um, I watched the new, uh, the new Superman show that came on TV. Yeah. Uh, I have been kind of out on the, the Arrowverse, uh, shows for a couple seasons now, not because I did not like them. I still think they're absolutely fantastic. Um, but like, I don't know there was some, there was a show we were watching where we kind of put one of the seasons on the back burner. And then that season ended and another season came and went. And just by the time I, I got around to getting back into it, I was just too far behind. Because they're like Marvel films. Like, you got to keep up with all the shows. Um, so, and they did, they introduced a new Superman as part of uh, Supergirl, the Supergirl show they did. And, you know, they recently announced that, that Superman's getting his own series. And, you know, it was on, I think it was a Tuesday night, I think it premiered. And, you know, there was nothing else on. We were really doing things. So I'm like, you know what, I'll watch this. And, oh, golly, am I glad I did. <laughs> now, I, I'm not saying that I'm going to, you know, watch the show. I'm going to try to watch it, but, like, it's not really, I have to get, like, a CW app to watch it if I don't want, if I don't catch it live. Um you know, dude, there are a few things in this world that are more satisfying than when Superman is done right. And they they did him right. They did they absolutely did him right in this one. Not only did they did him right, they did him in a way that feels and folks, I hate that I'm using this terminology, but feels new and fresh. Because in the show, he is married to Lois. The show is called Superman Lois. He is married to Lois, and they have two kids. They have, they have two sons. And it, the show is not just your standard Superman show. There are that aspects to it, but it's also, you know, how is, how is this guy going to be a father? And it's just, it's really, because there was, they had done an arc in the Superman comics a couple years back where it was predominantly family-focused between him, his son, and Lois. And then they, comics did what comics did, and they, they you know, kind of split all that up. Um, but it was really enjoyable, and it made the character, um, again, kind of relatable, especially to me, you know, 
how uh, with the struggles of being a father and questioning whether or not what you're doing is right. Um, and so like in this show, they really nail that. He, he is Superman in that he instinctively knows right and wrong and the best course of action with how to deal with that. But they're also emphasizing the man in Superman because he is a father that is second guessing himself and questioning himself. And if you're a father and have never done that, you know, you might have some bigger problems because fathers do that all the time. And it's, it's refreshing to see that take on him in a way that is not, you know, uber violent and desaturated. And not, and not only that, Drew, and I sent you the, the, the quick opening clip, they basically recreated in the opening action comics. Number one, you know, the classic scene was Superman carrying the, the green car and they put him in the classic suit with that, the that, that is the, that is the, that is the Fleischer animation suit and I dude yes. when you sent that to me I was like if that was the suit for the series I would watch this show <laughs> like yeah, dude was, just do that that's incredible that. <laughs> it looked fantastic the the color on that was a little desaturated but it was in more of like a sepia it's fine it looked looked awesome i totally marked out for it it looks fantastic now then he was such a and he sold it too because the way his his whole demeanor dude yeah that that can we just get a superman movie with that guy with that with that superman because that was so wholesome it was ridiculous (laughs) yeah he's he really he plays a really good superman um, the suit, the current suit is by no means bad. I saw um, it. It's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's probably with the exception of the, the Fleischer suit they did. It's probably the best one since the Donner suit, because yes, it is where it is missing the red trunks. You at least get the belt the, to break it up a little the, bit. You get the belt and the color tone, the overall color it's, tone of the suit is much bright. brighter than yeah. they've had in recent years. So that show was really enjoyable. Oh, I will try suit, to oh. keep up with it. Oh man, it was, it was so great. <laughs> um, and then there was, there's some new stuff that came out from Nintendo this week. We're going to be talking some Nintendo news. Mm. Uh, when we get to our news stories, uh, one of the things that came out was a Capcom arcade app for the switch, which you download the app, you get, I believe it's 1942 for free. Yeah. And then there are packs of games you can purchase. Each pack is like $15. Um, the pad, there's three different packs covering the three different eras of the arcades. Uh, the kind of classic birth of the arcade era, uh, the, the, you know, early kind of like, mid to late eighties first peak of the arcades. And then the kind of like early to mid nineties resurgence of the arcade. Um, I got kind of the mid era pack, which has got like final fight, 
couple other different beat em ups, and the original Street Fighter 2. Just because I know William was playing Street Fighter 2 a lot, and or William was playing Switch a lot, so I was like, all right, you know, well, let's 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 edge him in this direction and see what happens. So one day I was just kind of sitting down, I played, uh, turned down some Street Fighter 2 for him, and he, he had a fun time with it. He enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you something, Drew. There is one thing I've noticed that I don't blame this on Nintendo because none of these are actual Nintendo games, but any game, any retro game that's redone on the Switch, if it's multiplayer and you're trying to do that multiplayer with just one set of Joy-Cons, is horrible. Mm. God-awful. And Street Fighter 2 was the worst. Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking about two, four, four buttons? No, no, I'm talking about... Oh, just Joy-Cons you know, in general. The Joy-Con, the, the Joy-Con interaction with getting multiple players... So, like, if you have your Joy-Cons on, on the puppy dog, on the standard controller, yes, yes, it's yes. fine. But when you split them up, when but, you make the one controller into two... Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You, you can't you play Street Fighter that way. Yeah, there's six buttons. Are there? There? Oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, there are. Duh. Yeah, four on the face, two on the shoulders, you're good. I mean, it's a tight... It's tight. I wouldn't want to yeah, play Street Fighter that way. It is, it is not optimal. No. Um, I would never play. I would never want to play that way with anyone who I wanted to like legitimately play the game with. But you know, for me playing with William, fine. Um, but the problem is like getting the second player controller to work consistently, and I've had this problem with like the Capcom collection the Namco collection and pretty much anything that's a retro game that's done by a third party. So in order to get two players on the Capcom thing and all these, all these arcade adapters, they all do the same thing. And I think it's so stupid and it drives me crazy. They make you press a button to put a quarter in. Mm -hmm. Stop that. (laughs) That's stupid. I, I, I know what they're trying to do, but I know what they're trying to do too, and it's stupid. Stop it. Um so you press the button, you put two quarters in because you're playing two players, and then you have to press the uh start button on the second controller to get to the character select screen for two players. You both pick your character, you play through your match when the match is done. In order to get the second player back in the game, you have to completely reset the game. You can't just put in another quarter and press the start button on the second controller again because it just doesn't work. That doesn't make any sense. That's weird. No, it does not. And it's terrible. And it ticks me off to no end. That seems like a a pretty major flaw. (laughs) That and the quarter thing. Just stupid. Um... I I don't mind the quarter thing, but 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 this connection issue sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, yeah, other than that, I was pretty pretty laid back. A couple weeks, finally, after considerable delay, got my Quicksilver 
uh, Hero Pack for Marvel Champions. Um, and I'll be playing that uh, at some point this weekend. All early reports indicate that the character is a monster in the game. Um, so we, we will see. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Folks, dear listeners, if you'd like to reach out to us, tell us about your weeks, ask us any questions or any comments to be read on the show, you can do so at the following social media locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. Drew, we actually only have do one do have one question this week. Okay. Um, I did I was a little late in getting the bad signal out for the questions. Um, but once again, folks, we're always open. Always here. Yeah, Hit us up whenever. Hey, we're recording announcement to get this in. But our question this week is from Mr. Tom Fenzel. Tom writes, first off, thank you, Drew, for helping me get my NES working again. You are welcome. Talking about the NES to you both, what is your favorite game for the NES? Mm. Is there any games that you want your sons to play from the original system? All-time favorite NES game. I've got mine, Drew. Uh, go ahead. I'm curious if you know what it is, because I've mentioned this numerous times. Uh, Super Dodgeball. It is Super Dodgeball. That is a great game. The game is utter perfection. Flaws and all. You know, players that phase in and out of this current reality doesn't matter. during a match, doesn't matter. Uh, just the, the game is, is sheer uh, one-on-one perfection. Oh, oh, good golly, Drew, if you don't catch that slow-moving ball, you got you got a little angel on your hands. <laughs> um, Super Dodgeball's good. I, I have, God, I have so many. The, the, the memories of the NES to me are like, for the SNES being my favorite console, the NES, my, my NES memories might be more vivid, which is weird, but just, I don't know. It just left such an impression on me. Um, if I had to pick fa- a, f- a favorite game, God, that's, that's impossible. Like I remember, th- I remember the hype and the re- and the formal release of super Mario brothers three. And it was like, yes. uh, it, it was a happening. Like it was a cultural event. I don't know if adults understood, but like kids understood, like this was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I vividly remember it. Um, so it's easy to say that Mario three might be, you know, the best NES game ever made. It's, I mean, I wouldn't, I would not, I would not poo poo anyone's opinion that that's the, that's the case. Cause that game is, yeah. is, is landmark in so many ways. There, there's no clear argument that could be made against that. Right. Um, but I mean, the library of the NES is so, so, so deep. Um, now, not all of them are going to be great games, in hindsight especially. Um, the, yeah. the NES seal of quality was dubiously named at best. However, um, I mean, what, what, what an era of gaming that was. So, for me personally, um, Mario 3 is probably up there 
Um, the Batman 89 uh, game is actually pretty high on my list. Um, that game is amazing. Um, arguably one of the best licensed games that there was at the time, because a lot of licensed games back then were poo-poo. That game was not. That game was great. I don't care if it wasn't a Batman game and they probably just skinned it to have Batman in it. That game rules, so I don't care. Um, and Return of the Joker is really good too, by the way. Uh, I I never played Return of the Joker. Oh, it's I good. looked at it numerous times at the store, but I never had any pictures of the game on the back of the box. The game, it, oh, it looks fantastic. It's one of the best looking NES games ever. Huh. No, no, no joke. It it looks fantastic. Um, but for me, I know it's it's dude. It's a flawed game. It's not a. It's it's the black sheep of the franchise. But it was the game that I got when my when I got my NES for Christmas. <laughs> um, Zelda, no, Zelda two. Zelda okay. two. How'd you know? You know. <laughs> Zelda 2. The Black Sheep of the Franchise gave it away. There is just something about Zelda 2 on the NES um, that I, I I can't explain it, but it sucks me in in a big bad way. Um, Yeah, it, again, it's, it's the Black Sheep of the series, but yet it's not a bad game. It's a great game. It's just not the Zelda that we became accustomed to at the time of, of its release, there was no, there was only one other Zelda game at the time it came out. And that was, that yeah. was the original and two. Yeah. Complete... And it was so 180 degrees different. Yeah. Than the original. Despite, I mean, it was it. Like you, I mean, you it even was... look at something like, you can look at something like Mario two, which granted is kind of, you know, Mario 1.5. Cause it's not truly, Mario 2, it's still in the same you know, it takes the basic blueprint of Super Mario Brothers and applies some new tricks to it. Yeah. Zelda 2 was wipe the slate clean here's a completely new game that happens to have the same title and the same character. Uh, that's That's mostly right. I would argue that it's not as different as people think it is. I mean, you still have to you still have to traverse dungeons you still have to seek them out and get items to progress. Um, you just do it in a side-scrolling fashion with a map overworld as opposed to all map overworld with combat. Um, but, you know, that's considering the fact that the game eventually went full 3D with combat and all that stuff, I don't know that 2 is that different in hindsight. No, absolutely. You could probably draw more lines of lineage from Zelda two to to modern Zelda games than you can to the original Zelda. It's it's debate. I mean, we could debate this all day. Um, but I, but I yeah. think two has uh, again. It's 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 not perfect, but there's just for me personally, it's it's probably my favorite NES game. When I when I would load that game up and the and the opening song and the I don't know it. There's something about it that's that's just kind of magic to me, and uh, it encapsulates a lot of my, my a lot of the things I love about the NES are all kind of tied up in Zelda Two. Yeah, good times. All right, that is the only question we had, Tom. Thank you very much. So let's move on to our news. And Drew, uh, we we've got we've got some news to talk about. 
we've got a, a, a year uh, after COVID, things are starting to happen. <laughs> you you could say we have a a, a big show of news. Uh-huh. I see. Oh, see oh, oh, I, oh I see what you did. I wasn't expecting you to go here, but I see. I I very much see what you did there. I I figure the the majority of our listeners may or may not be hip to the wrestling talk. Uh, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, folks, uh, the AEW, which, you know, is the, the organization that Drew and I give our thumbs up to and in the, uh, in, enjoy in the US, on a weekly basis. On a weekly basis, yes. Um, uh, they had and JPW. A, yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Uh, always. Um, they, they had a big signing this past week. Uh, Drew, very who, unexpected. Who signed? Uh, they signed the Big Show, Paul White, formerly known in WCW as the Giant, who then went to WWE and became the Big Show and was the Big Show for the last. Oh God, he he was Big Show in WWE's for at least twenty years, twenty two, twenty three years. I think he signed. Uh, I'll look it up because I have I have this. We have the technology. He signed with WWE, uh, or F at the time, in uh, 1999. So he was with WWE for 22 years. uh, That's no small chunk of change. No, no. And not only, you know, his best, now let's be very clear, his best days are long behind him, okay? Yes. However... However, uh, he was a, and no pun intended, he was a big star with the company for that entire time. They always, you know, despite him, his booking being terrible, in full stop, his booking was terrible, um, more often than not. They always did kind of treat him like a big deal. Now, sometimes that, and that had its ebbs and flows, but, you know, the guy is a legit seven feet tall, <laughs> and he weighs. And this is all, you know, this this gets into shoot weight versus kayfabe weight, and you. But he's legit, probably in the upper three hundreds. Go all the way up to build as five hundred, but I doubt it. But five hundred pounds, right? Big guy, like the biggest giant air quotes in the business since Andre the Giant, right? Which in WCW when he first came in, they billed him as Andre the Giant's son. So they just whatever he was the Giant. Uh, yeah. Not not true by the way. <laughs> Completely different lineage. In any case, um, and you know he was good for a while. Uh, for a guy his size, like he was very impressive for a, a long you know initially. Um, he had his weight struggles. He had his you know he had. He, booking problems, what have you, right? But he was always treated like a big, huge special attraction, right? Because, I mean, a guy that big is going to get attention no matter where he goes, right? Yeah. Um, And on top of that, he was pushed because he was like a special attraction kind of guy. And he, and he, by the way, was willing to do just about anything in that company to, to try and get something over, including make a complete fool of himself many many times but he was okay with that if it got something over or if it you know meant he had you know 
he had to do comedy, he'd do comedy. If he had to be the butt of a joke, he'd be the butt of a joke. You know, he would do whatever it took. So as a result, he got movies from WWE. He was the star of movies for them, um, where often he was the butt of jokes in a way. Um, and he even had a TV show on Netflix as recently as like last year. Yeah. His own series. Um, so like he was a, you know, he was kind of like a out front star for the company beyond the ring for a long time. So Captain Insano. Captain Insano. Oh man. So when they, uh, when they announced this, was it Monday? Yeah. Monday or Tuesday. That was shocking to me. And I don't, you know, again, I, I'm I'm take or leave it with with him personally. Like I don't, I'm not a big show fan or whatever, but I was shocked by the signing because I figured he was WWE lifer. Like he would always be there in some capacity until he hung it up and and got put in the Hall of Fame and whatever. Next thing you know. AEW signs Paul White. What? <laughs> what? O- okay. Um, you know, I don't know what their plans are exactly. They're saying their plan. He's going to be a commentator, uh, which is interesting. I could, you know, that's an interesting role for him, and he'll occasionally yeah. get in the ring. Well, he's going to get attention. I mean, people know who he is. So anyone that's curious again a guy like that that's been at the forefront of so much kind of pop cultural dare i say relevance um or at least or at least visible recognizability he's gonna kind of get those curiosity views so if he can be put in a position to put somebody over or you know build something up to get eyes on aew as a whole um then it's a smart signing so I guess we'll see where it goes. Yeah, so he is uh, being commentator on a new YouTube show for AEW. I yeah. believe it's called AEW Dark. Um, Elevation. Evol- Elevation. Yeah. I wanted to say Evolution. I wanted to say Unleashed. I couldn't remember which one was. But yeah, so this is kind of, from everything I've heard, it seems like it's going to be kind of like Dark Plus. Yeah, they're they're trying to get more people over. So Elevation is going to be a show where they're going to f- highlight more and more young, up and coming talent to get over. So probably less matches, but better quality matches, more like actual storylines. I I don't know how it's all going to break down yet, but it's going to be different enough from regular dark. I think they're going to kind of break yeah. it into dark. Might be where the guys who aren't on the main people who aren't on dynamite, but they're still doing matches maybe on dark. And then the tier below that of up and coming talent that need ring time. And that kind of thing might be on elevation. Gotcha. I, I I think, I don't know either way. Um, and we still don't know, by the way, we still don't know what the nub, the new TNT show is going to be. We they announced that there was going to be a second TV show a while back, and we haven't heard anything about that in a while. Yeah, well, who knows? Things things looking very good for AEW right now. Uh they're they're doing just fine. They have they've settled into a a a, a pretty regular uh uh audience number, and they're in the top five on cable every every week. 
And, you know, the sky, I don't want to say the sky's the limit, but I mean, they, they could still move up still. Like they're, this is, this is, they've only existed on television for about a year and a half. So they're still young and they're still, you know, there's still more room to go. All right. The question is, Drew, is the Scorpio sky the limit? Oh, you haven't seen the last of Scorpio sky. Trust me. <laughs> I look forward to the next time seeing him. So moving, that was pretty much our, our only wrestling story of the week. But staying within the, the realm of combat, mm. shall we say? Man, I, I'm feeling... I'm feeling like my transition game is kind of on point this week. It's pretty pretty good. It's pretty good. So we had our first legit full trailer for the new Mortal Kombat movie yeah. that will be coming out in March um, in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, I, I, I will say, Drew, I was surprised... By how much I didn't hate it. That's that. <laughs> and I don't know uh, if that's a funny. compliment or not, because like there were, there were two things that, that I bumped up against. Um, the one being the, the POV character Cole. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like, yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> Get him out of there. Two, it was something you had mentioned, but I didn't really like get to see until the full trailers, and that's the like way over designed on a lot of the visual aspects of this. Um, the prime, uh, primarily being Scorpion and Sub Zero. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, coming in a close second, being Jax's arms. This this was my reaction as well. Uh, yeah, like they they look over designed, but aside from that, it it looks I, like I will I will watch this non ironically. Uh, like I'll be like, okay, let's let's see because like Shang Tsung, Raiden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the story, Sonya Blade, Scorpion, and Sub Zero are fighting each other. Which is, for as much as I love the original movie, Drew, it is now without its sins. They, yeah. And Chief Among Those Sins, our Scorpion and Sub-Zero did not fight. It's true. True. Um, so, yeah, I got a very brief shot of Goro, and he looks great. Um, Liu Kang and Kung Lao look great. Uh, and there was, I was very surprised that it did not look horrible your thoughts well Zack Snyder can cut a mean trailer too so let's just keep that in mind when when, when you have a movie of 90 to 120 minutes it, it's pretty easy to take all your best footage and put it into a 90 second sizzle reel yeah. So, you know, when you got to connect all that stuff by with, you know, dialogue and editing and story, you, you, you could have a problem. And the thing that I kind of roll up against with all the people that are like really hyped up about this trailer, they're all like, 
I don't care about the story. I don't care. You don't. Yes, you do. Yes, you do care about the story. Yeah. If you care about sitting in a theater for 90 minutes or plus or or, sitting in a theater, my God, you care about devoting 90 minutes or plus of your time, wherever you might be, um, to a thing. And it has to make some kind of coherent sense. Some kind of coherent sense. I mean, just just look at. Mortal Kombat, the original movie, a Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Right, right, right. If you if you cut up all the best bits of Annihilation and showed it to me into a trailer, I might be like, "That looks great. Look at all the characters in it." Yeah. And but then you try to watch the actual film, and it's like, "Oh God, oh yeah. my God, yeah. this is abysmal." Um. So I don't know that the I, new one's going to be that. I know why Cyrax killed himself in the movie. <laughs> Right, right. I'm not trying to poo-poo anyone's parade. I grew up with, you know, you know me. I'm I'm Mortal Kombat guy, but yeah, but yeah. I'm but I'm kind of getting older now, Carl. I'm not going to lie, and I'm I'm you know I'm over it, and and the not over it. I just this ain't it for me. I you know, and the overdesign thing really does irk me actually, because you got like the like the thing that drives me the most crazy Sub Zero, right? Ninja, freezing powers. Okay, fine. He's wearing all this armored up stuff. I would find armor and heavy stuff like that to probably get in the way of a ninja who are supposed to be stealthy and fast. Yeah. Just just putting that out there. A little counterintuitive. I know I'm. I know I know I'm. Hit, I'm throwing realism at a uh, a subject matter that has a guy who has freezing powers. But you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it goes back to our King Kong versus Godzilla. I know, I know, I know. You, you draw your lines where you draw your lines, and then the but the thing with him in the, in that trailer, and even in the uh, still shots that I saw before that, and the the trailer made it worse. He's wearing what is very obviously a rubberized costume. Like when they showed the close up of his face, I could see his head ill fitting inside the rubber headpiece. Like, and it's like my my brain immediately goes like, "That's dumb." Like it it that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. it, am I to believe that Sub Zero put on this Batman esque rubber cowl before he went out ninja fighting? Uh, no, no, I I don't believe it. Like I know it's stupid, right? Talk about a Mortal Kombat movie. How how? And I'm trying to like be serious about it, but I, I'm sorry, you know, like it doesn't make me buy into the world. Whereas in the games, it's clearly just a dude in a ninja suit that's blue. Yep, fine. <laughs> okay, you know? and you can see you can see even through over the course of the games how the suit has evolved, but it is still believable as a quote-unquote ninja suit well even the, the games have but, gotten completely ridiculous too but and that's a whole other that but that's a different thing they're games you know like it's yeah it's a game i don't care it's as much it, it, a game has to look cool right but when i yeah. see a real dude in a rubber costume who's supposed to be a ninja and and, and it looks a little wonky i'm gonna bump up against that i just am i'm sorry um, yeah. that said, Kung, Kung Lao looked cool. Raiden looked cool. Um, certain, like for real, they, they looked really cool. Yeah. Um, and Kung Lao, like, I'm happy that he's even there. Cause I, he's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
and he looked pretty pretty baller in that trailer. The 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 stand-in character, man, this this cult, like, man, why do why does Hollywood think that people want this? Like, <laughs> no one cares about your your human slash un, here here to unheard of foreign character in this established franchise. You're not adding anything to this. No one wants you to add anything to this. Please do not attempt to add anything to this. Give us the stuff that we know. Thank you. Have right. a nice day. Yes. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, I, w- I was expecting, you know, Mortal Kombat Annihilation 2.0. I, I got what looks like it's going to be Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat 2.0. So um, I get what you what you're saying about like story because traditionally Mortal Kombat between the two big fighting games out there, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, from the early days, Mortal Kombat always had the stronger story because it was more coherent. Tons of lore, tons <laughs> of lore in Mortal Kombat. Excuse me. Yeah, it was like. Lots of lore, very coherent, straightforward. Street Fighter, not so much. Everyone kind of had their own story. Didn't really all tie together. But I've noticed, like, well, over Street, the years... Street Fighter got there. Street Fighter, I was going to say, like, over the years, those roles have kind of switched. Well... Like, from what I've seen of the Mortal Kombat, the more recent Mortal Kombat ones, the story's so far removed and off the rails. Oh, it's off the rails. Fighter, Whereas Street Fighter is kind of woven itself together and kind of like title our threads together. Um, that's, but that's, yeah, but that's not wrong. for that's, a whole combat film, like, there should be, like, I'm not looking for Shakespeare here, but the original Mortal Kombat movies essentially just Enter the Dragon. Because the original Mortal Kombat video game, I mean, is essentially Enter the Dragon with a heavy dose of Big Trouble in Little China. That's um, that's pretty much right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but like you said, you, you expect um, a stronger story from it. I, I but again, I, I don't think it did not look as horrible as I was anticipating. So I will definitely uh, give it a watch when it comes out. Um, I uh, you know morbid curiosity, but again, yeah. I, my my expectations are very low so um if if, if it, it's it definitely falls into the frame of if i have to pay no extra money to see it and i have to put very little effort to do so why not sure and you have max right yeah well there, yeah, you, we go. Got there you go so, so have, have fun uh, very very uh just really quick side story to this but somewhat related so there is a weekly uh, Southern Californian tournament uh, for Street Fighter called Wednesday Night Fights, um, which obviously before COVID was held at a central location, but after COVID is uh, just online. Um, I believe it is still weekly. There, there's a prize pool every week. Um, and SoCal being a, a hotbed of fighting game player talent in the country. Uh, this past week, uh, a, a, a player showed up. No one never heard of him before. 
his 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 tag, his screen name was Ryu Player. <laughs> he played as Ryu, and he went through the tournament without losing a single match. And at the end of the tournament, he said, "Just give my winnings to a homeless charity or something," and left. Wow. And and like, and no one knows like who he is, and he just kind of came out of nowhere. Every, yeah, exactly. That's Nobody wild. knows he, is. he came out of nowhere. Instantly, Twitter is piss, is posting the old gifts and pictures of the original Street Fighter Two Ryu ending. Everyone saying like, "Where is the champion? Where is Ryu?" And just the picture of him just walking away, doing that <laughs> Ryu thing. I saw. That, I was like, "That is awesome." That's wild. Yeah. That's wild that yeah. someone could, could 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 come out of nowhere like that and just like clean house. Whoever that person is is truly living that life. Um, they're not playing games, Drew. <laughs> um, our next story, in which involves Nintendo. Oh, again with the transitions. Mm. I, just, I just man, call me Hado Ken tonight, Drew. I am downright fierce. Um, so we had a Nintendo Direct recently, and we have had many, many discussions, both on the show and in our chat, about the lack of game support, uh, from Nintendo over the past year, as far as the Switch goes. We kind of fall in different camps on this, and that's fine, uh, but this Direct, uh, came out swinging. It wasn't like an atomic bomb of a direct, but we got some stuff to look forward to. Yes, yes, we do. Um, I it seemed like I was a little more excited about this direct than uh, you seem to be. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, let's I, I, we can get into why. Yeah. Um, for me, there were three key takeaways of why I was excited. Uh, the first one being, uh, Mario golf, which I never played the one on GameCube, but I've always heard great things about the Mario sports games with the exception of the one mechanic that made it a completely broken game. I enjoyed Mario tennis aces. Um, and the, the trailer for Mario Golf looked a lot of fun. Um, definitely something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, the second thing that I'm looking forward to is I never remember the exact title of it, so I'll simply call it uh, Project Triangle Offense. Th- that is the title uh, for now. There is no final title. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. Yet. So, it is a, in, in the way that Octopath Traveler was a callback to old school pixel art Japanese RPG games. Uh, this seems to be a direct callback to old school Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, Which people have been clamoring for for a long time. So much. And so they announced it, and then they dropped a demo on the same day. And Drew, I played through the demo twice already. It's not a short demo. And, oh boy, Drew, it hits all the feels. <laughs> it feels all the rights. And it's just, it's really good on top of that. I cannot wait for this game to come out. 
That's great. And I think uh, Bravely Default Two was was in there, and and yep. uh, there, there was a. I mean, there was a lot in that. There was a lot of stuff in that direct. There was a lot of stuff in the direct, but I think hands down the, the biggest thing, the the big blockbuster that people have been clamoring for for a while. Um, Julie popped so hard <laughs> when this came up on the screen. Splatoon it was three. great. Splatoon three. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, we got a very, very early look at it. Nothing really solid being shown, but a lot of interesting little things here and there. I think you know um, what to expect out of a Splatoon game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of, you know, I got three things to look forward to drew, which is a lot more than I've had from Nintendo in a long time. So coming out of the direct, I would have to say I was happy. Good. Very good. Um, there wasn't a ton for me in that direct. Uh, no More Heroes three. I'm in for uh, in August. I love the first two a lot. Um, they're they're completely insane. Um, so I'm here for the third one. Um, that was. I mean, uh, without getting, I, I'm not trying to poo poo the game, but uh, they announced the Skyward Sword HD release for Switch, and that's great. You know, Skyward Sword is a divisive game in Zelda fandom. Um, kind of like Zelda 2 in a way, but different in a different way. Uh, and it's 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 fine. I might even... I'll, I'll probably buy it just to give it another go-through. Um, it has its strong points, for sure. Um, but not enough to where I'm like, I need to have that game in HD. Uh, it doesn't have the quite the same must-have-ness that the... Twilight Princess HD and uh, Wind Waker HD had on the Wii U. I bought both of those immediately because uh, to me, those two games are must-have Zelda titles. Um, And ironically enough, uh, of the two of those, uh, Wind Waker aged much, much better than Twilight Princess. In my opinion, come at me, bro, if you feel differently. But I, is I, Twilight Princess the one where he turned into a wolf? Correct. Yes. Um, however, that one it was also highly reactionary in a in a way uh, to make up for the backlash against the art style of Wind Waker. So, to a lot of fans, a certain segment of fans, that is, uh, Twilight Princess is uh, the best the most amazing Zelda game. And I think it's because it looked the way their imaginations uh, thought Ocarina of Time looked in, you know, in the back of their mind, in the back of their head, in their, in their mind's eye. That's what Ocarina looked like. So when Wind Waker was the next game after Ocarina to come out and it looked cartoony and cell shaded, believe me, the, backlash was a very real thing and uh i i remember all of this i lived through it and uh it was very ugly wind waker of those two games is probably the better game and it's aged magnificently whereas twilight princess is kind of kind of, it's a little, little rough around the edges still great but still great i'm not again fantastic but uh, that's just an aside. Uh, Skyward Sword. I'm not going to say it's a. It's kind of a. I don't want to say that it's a blend of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. 
because um, it's not cell shaded, but it does have a sort of unique um, expressionist kind of painting graphic style, which is interesting. Um, it's not cell shaded, but it's not hyper realistic either. It's it's it's, it's actually very interesting. Um, and the the big sticking point for me with Skyward Sword beyond the controls, which you can we can. They never bothered me with the Wii. Uh, it was originally released for the Wii, and it had the Wii Motion Plus connection so that the Wii remote was that much more accurate, and you could do that much more with it, so it could it could sense diagonal slices, it could sense you know vertical versus horizontal, etc. You could be really precise with your sword swinging, which was core to the game mechanic, which if you hate motion controls, maybe you weren't into that. They have since addressed that on the Switch version, obviously. Um, but, like, the big divisive point for Skyward Sword for me, and for many others, was the lack of a truly interconnected world. There was a hub world, and then you went, then you traveled to the various other worlds from the hub world. They weren't, it wasn't one giant world map that we are used to. And that is a, a huge break from Zelda convention in many ways. And it made the game feel a little disjointed to a degree. But what it also did though, and which is only becoming more and more apparent in hindsight, it introduced a lot of things that became perfected on, uh, in breath of the wild. So things like a stamina meter and making the exteriors of dungeon areas part of the dungeon themselves like making making the environment itself a challenging and puzzling kind of thing to unpack which again that all that kind of got sucked into breath of the wild and expanded upon with a, 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 an entirely connected world so uh just interesting ways to see the zelda franchise kind of evolve over time so Skyward Sword is interesting, not my favorite, which is why I'm kind of ho-hum on it, but, um, you know, it's something. It's something for Zelda fans to look forward to, seeing as uh, <laughs> Enuma came out and up front said, you probably want to hear something about Breath of the Wild too." Sorry, we can't, we don't have anything to show you. Ah, So, here's Skyward Sword. Okay, well, it's something. Yeah. And the um, the Joy-Con they're releasing in conjunction with it looks really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty stuff. Um, yeah, cool. Cool, cool. Um, no Metroid. So, no Metroid. No Metroid. Sorry. <sighs> I know. I know it I, I Here's the thing. I didn't expect it, and somehow I'm still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like you know being a Buffalo sports fan before this, before the past Bill season, you know, <laughs> for the current Saber season. You, you expect utility and disappointment, and yet there's still some heartbreak when you get it. Uh, put it this way: with the Sabers comparison, I expect it to be bad. But somehow they made it worse. <laughs> like that's that's where the sabers are right now. <laughs> they just keep going around licking doorknobs. I mean, um, 
Nintendo hasn't quite done that with with Metroid, but 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 it's it it could get there. It it certainly yeah. could get there. So so anyway, I, I don't I don't have a snappy transition to our next news story. Oh come uh, on, you can find one. No, I mean it's it's you're on, you're, you're on you're on a roll. I know I'm on a roll, but you know you could say I've come to this podcast with transition abilities far beyond them. The mortal men, look what just there. Happened. See, there you go. Um, no, so but I am super super excited for this next story. Probably more so excited than I've been in anything coming out of DC Comics. In a long, long time. Mm. Drew, it was announced that we are getting two new comic series. Now, granted, they are digital first series. Ah. But the digital first series um, are always collected in physical issues that come out at some point. And it's a Batman and Superman series. You're probably asking yourself, Carl, why are you so excited about yet another Batman and yet another Superman series? Well, dear listener... The name of these series are Batman 89 and Superman 78. And as you can probably surmise from those titles, these comics take place in the worlds of the cinematic films of the Michael Keaton Batman and the Christopher Reeve Superman. Drew, how many times have I said to you, I would really like them to do a comic adaptation of what Tim Burton was going to do for the third Batman movie, or just something with that variation of the character. And not only are we getting that true, but we're also getting Christopher Reeve Superman. Sure are. Uh, I, I am here for this. I'm excited for it. I remember, and I don't know if it was actual concept art or if it was just someone having fun and it, it went online and we all went like, oh, someone did that Batman 89 concept art a while ago. And we all like really got into it because I think the big hook was like a Billy D. Williams Two-Face drawing. And we were like, yes. Oh, God, I've wanted to see that since I was seven years old, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're getting it. We're getting that series. C- cool. Let's let's go. Let's do it. Um, Batman eighty nine is such a fascinating thing because, like, man, does it not follow or respect the air quotes character of Batman in the comics at all? And yet, we all like want more of it in a way. Well, those of us of a certain age want more of it. Yes. Um, it's hard to it's it's purely nostalgia driven obviously we 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 saw that movie and it blew our minds as children and to this day it remains you know magical to us even if the character of batman himself is completely wrong uh whatever to see 100 percent wrong but he's not great well Plays a, little, plays a little fast and loose with the killing people rule. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the main sticking point. But the whole um, watching the mugging taking place. Yeah. 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 But yeah. but Keaton though. But Keaton. I mean, I mean <laughs> at the end of the Keaton? day. At the end of the day. But Keaton. But Keaton. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm here for this. Uh, and based on what they released of concept art, Batman 89 looks awesome. Superman 78 is an interesting approach to take. Um, I don't... I'm not as amped for that for a couple reasons. One, the art they showed for it, to me, was not super great. <laughs> um, it didn't really evoke the Superman 78 feel to me. Um, if you want to sell me on a Superman 78 comic series, just show me the Gary Frank Superman artwork. And I'm... and. Because all because he draws Christopher Reeve, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the artwork I saw for that '78 comic, ee, not likeness is not quite 100 percent there. The other thing the, with with Superman '78, the first comics don't always get the, the top shelf talent. Yeah, '89 though that Batman '89 book looks like what we expect though. But in any case, um. The Superman 78 world is a little, I mean, that kind of implies we're going to get real estate Baron Lex Luthor, you know what I mean? And that's, you know, of all the things with Superman 7, for all all the praise we can heap on Superman 1978, the film, Lex Luthor is not exactly the super villain we deserve in that movie. Um, no, but a, a fairly good representation of what the villain was at the time that was made. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's fair to um, compare a, a 1978 depiction of a character to a modern interpretation of a character. I'm not, like I'm, I'm not even judging him against, you know, modern... Business, you know, post post Man of Steel eighty five eighty six John Byrne Luthor. Yeah, even in the seventies, he was mad scientist, crazy sci fi plots and all that kind of stuff. Lex Luthor, and in the movie, he's this guy with an affinity for wigs because Gene Hackman, uh, and he wants and he's got a real estate scheme. But, I mean, it's just it's a little. It it was always a little this little weak to me. I mean, I, I get it. It's it, fine. Um, it, like, it, yeah, you know. I mean, for, movie's great. for me, yeah, for me, the you know, even considering the world we live in right now with with superhero films, um, the original Richard Donner Superman is still the gold standard. To is, me. In terms like, of its depiction is, of its hero, absolutely. Yeah, that is just like. You know, Avengers Endgame gave us probably the most amazing theatrical moment any of us will ever experience for those of us who took that journey for 10 years. Yes. Um, But still, like, just like as a whole, like, just the execution of Superman, like, even. Yes, even though Luther is the weakest part of it, he's still by no means bad. Your, your um, mileage may vary. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad, but I mean, if you're really into Superman yeah. and Luthor, you might be like, eh, no. Yeah, and I wouldn't. So, and I wouldn't. I, you know. Yeah, 
I think with the with the comic, uh, you you take those limits off and you can get some really interesting uh, interpretations of some more traditional Superman villains, kind of like they did with the the Batman sixty six series. Yeah, uh, they introduced Two Face into it. Do you and think they gave gonna, a, Do you think we're gonna get something like spin uh, on Two Face? So I think we'll get like a Brainiac. I was going to say, we'll get like a Brainiac kind of deal. Or maybe even like a Dark Side, uh, Metallo. You know, we're probably going to get more of those styles of villains that, uh, you know, couldn't necessarily be done the proper justice back in 78. Hey, just uh, as an aside, uh, for whatever reason, it is it has come up in various uh, things I have read or seen recently. Um, and I, so I have watched this scene about four to five times in the last two weeks from all these other sources that are unrelated to what we're talking about, but yet, it, yet here it is. Uh, can we talk about the scene in Superman three? Which one? The one that scared the living crap out of all of us as kids. Oh, the, the, the chicken turned into a cyborg. Yes. So, okay. so here's the, here's the thing. I have watched it several times in the last two weeks, and as an adult with adult eyes, I can see it for how hokey it is, and yet I still see it and go, "God, that's creepy," and yeah. like that is really disturbingly creepy, even to this it's day. Fun. And it's it's the sound she's making as she's getting pulled in. And and the moment she opens her eyes after the transformation. Yeah, it's messed up. We don't get... Do we get anything like that? Is there a modern equivalent in a superhero movie you can think of to that? Um, I got nothing. No, not so much. Uh, especially, I mean, with the, with the Marvel films, when you think about it, the villains are most times ready-made. Like, there's not... You don't get much of a quote unquote villain origin story in most of the Marvel films. Right. The villains are already there fully formed. Um so yeah, no, we really don't get a lot of that anymore. I just thought I'd bring it up because that from I, it, it's so weird. I it, the, out of nowhere that, that has come up in, in several things I've looked at this week and it's like, oh, this this scene is getting some some play. So I've watched it a bunch and Yeah, it's you know Again, adult eyes see it differently, and and yet I'm still like, oh god, that's that that I totally see why that freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, want to see cinematic perfection? Want to see the absolute pinnacle of of superhero films? Just look up the, the helicopter rescue miracle Superman. Film. Oh yeah, yeah. Just it it does not get better than that. It's uh, um, see, God, yeah. That so that that Superman scene is like, it, it, it's bizarre. I, I how I can react to it all these years later. Um, and then similarly related, unrelated. Just speaking about how movie scenes get to me, Carl uh, Grant is really into Toy Story right now. So uh, Toy Story is on like every day, one, two, three, or four doesn't matter. Just put one on. And I, I'll be damned, Carl, if I, 
I put three on, and I've seen three probably 40 times at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single time I oh, watch yeah. it. Every time I watch it, and they are in that furnace, I start to cry. There's. I don't care how many times I see it. I, I have mentioned I mentioned how I am an easy cry when it comes to films. There are scenes, no matter what, I will roll tears at. Ugh. The helicopter rescue scene in Superman, the portal scene in Endgame. Oh, like, yeah. Rolling tears. Even, even scenes in, you know, bad movies that have, like, that just hit that right you know, emotional cord. You know, in, in Man of Steel, when when Jonathan shows Clark the ship, and Clark's like, "Can can I still pretend I'm your son?" And he, and he says, "You are my son." They embrace every time. I'm I'm gonna roll tears at that. It's just a well done scene. But like, so you know, the right scene, you know, the right the the craftsmanship of it, it's gonna hit you the same way every single time. Yeah. So yeah, Toy Story three hits me every time. That yeah. the, the furnace scene and the ending. Oh god, the the ending. My yeah. god. I mean, even even if you know it's coming, I do know it's coming. Still gets me. And and you know what do they say, Drew? Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Which brings us to oh, our next story. Look at you. See, you're on fire. You are on fire. You could say, you could say we're going to transform subjects here. Wow. Um, wow. Nah, I see. Yeah, so, you're pushing it. But that's, that's fine. It's fine. You're, you're fine. So we got two announcements this week. And folks, if, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that Drew is a big G.I. Joe fan. I'm a big Transformers fan. We got two announcements this week that kind of made us go, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's um, fair. Uh, Amazon has announced that it's developing a G.I. Joe, a Lady J series. Solo on series. Amazon Prime, yeah. On Amazon. So we're getting, we're getting a solo Snake Eyes movie. Allegedly. Well, s- no, we are. Yeah, and, I mean, they filmed yeah. it. Yeah, no, we're, we're getting that. And we're allegedly getting a solo Lady J series. Drew, correct me if I'm wrong, but is G.I. Joe not the codename for America's specially trained special mission force? It, it is. more than one of them? Yes, but if you can tell a story about one particular member of said force and introduce the larger canon, then then fine. That's That's fine. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to poo-poo it outright. If they have a something, if there's some kind of unique angle they found to tackle this, um, let's let's go for it. I, I'm hey, look, they they failed spectacularly twice with the films. One, and I'm I'm not going to lie, that the sequel is not a good movie, and yet it's infinitely more enjoyable than the first one. <laughs> yes. Um, ha- has some beats that it hits right. 
has some moments that you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a as a whole, it's, it's put. It's it's the more like it might. I'm not going to say that it's 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 quite the same, but the way some of these people feel about Mortal Kombat, maybe, or or the or the arguments they're using to justify the Mortal Kombat trailer that they don't care about the story and they just want these moments and they just want these action scenes. I could get there with that uh, G.I. Joe retaliation because as a whole, nee, but it's got a really cool Cobra Commander. Firefly is in it. Um, his, tanks. his tanks are in it. Like there's ninjas, a red ninjas, ninjas show up. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of meat on the bone for a Joe fan. So whatever. Right. Um, whereas the first movie had, mm, the first movie is what that. all those people wanted. It was all action, no story. The first movie had nothing recognizable to a Joe fan though. And that was the bigger problem for me personally. Like, yeah. Hey, it's snake eyes and he's got lips. <laughs> Why? Bart and he's doing stuff. Cobra commander doesn't show up till the end. And the origin is dumb and, Please stop with. I, I mean, I'm not Carl. You know me. I can't relive that. I will not relive that. Oh, oh! I was there when you purged those demons, sir. Oh, I still have that. I, uh, I, I still have that smashed I, DVD. By the way, I'm I'm pretty sure there's still a dent in my floor. <laughs> Thank you for that catharsis. By the way, <laughs> you anyway, are most welcome. Um, so let's see what the new take is gonna be. Um. I don't want to poo-poo it outright. If it's, it could be good. It could be. It could be bad. I'm. I'm. My expectations are very little. So, let's see what 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 they got. Yeah. Um. And then on on the other side of the Hasbro pond, uh, they announced that there's going to be a new Transformers series for Nickelodeon. Focusing on a new species of Transformers, just trying to find their place in the galaxy and whether or not they lie with the Autobots and or Decepticons. And uh, I stopped caring 30 seconds ago. I uh, mean, whatever. It, it, yeah. I don't know. To me, I, I, I've gotten I've gotten a halfway decent new Transformer series on Netflix. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. No more. I think um, that's uh, Carl. At the end of the day, you must realize we are of the age that we are, and yes. these things are really not geared towards us anymore. And if we can find some enjoyment in them, great. But we're not the ones that Hasbro is trying to extract the dollars from. Exactly. Yep. So wrapping it up with our final news story. Um, of the week, we got we got two premiere dates uh, this past week for two anticipated Disney Plus series. Um, one of which we both care about, one of which only I care about. Um, <laughs> starting with the one only I care about on May the fourth, uh, the official unofficial Star Wars Day, uh, the new animated series, uh, The Bad Batch. Star Wars The Bad Batch uh, will appear on Disney+. Plus. I am very excited about this. Uh, these characters were introduced in the last season of Clone Wars. 
that was done last year for Disney Plus, and I just I instantly loved them. They were great, kind of like a an elite squad of clones that were that had genetic defects defects that gave them enhancements in different areas. Almost kind of like mutant clones, if you will, but not like full blown. Um, so yeah, that's coming May fourth. So very excited about that. Drew doesn't care. No, nope. that's okay. Um, <laughs> and then on June eleventh, uh, Loki will premiere on Disney Plus. Yes, so yes, yes. Disney Plus doing a great job of taking a bit of a breath between the series, a couple weeks here and there, but giving us a good stream of content and not counter-programming to themselves. Uh, Loki might be the sleeper series here. Well, actually, WandaVision was arguably the sleeper series, but the, they, yeah, uh, they, they decided to lead sleep. with it, and it's been great. So, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think... You know what? At this point, I'm I'm willing to say that Marvel Disney cannot have a sleeper. I I guess not like, at this point. They, they just can't. I mean, come on, they're coming out with an Eternals movie, and it's like normally that would be a, a sleeper. But like, is it really going to be? Like, you know, it's going to be great, and it's the Eternals. Who cares about the Eternals? Same people that didn't care about Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, yes, but I would caution that kind of, that line of thinking because the Inhumans were a thing for a minute. Well, Marvel wanted you to think they were a thing for a minute, but even even that couldn't quite get us to the level of like <gasps> the Inhumans. No, yeah, no, okay. but. I don't know if you've been following along with the videos I've been sending in our, our group chat, but the Inhumans endeavor was, and I think we knew this and we sensed it from the beginning, fatally flawed from its inception yeah. and doomed from the start. Um, the Eternals thing isn't trying to be, uh, it the Inhu- the 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 Eternals and uh, movement is not trying to be a replacement for something that we already like. It's just trying to elevate a property that exists, and they're you know right. that's 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 a different end game, no pun intended, which I think we can appreciate. So uh, let's see where this all goes. I still am very curious though how this is all going to shake out because I think we talked about it last time. Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first show on Disney Plus. And then WandaVision was supposed to be much later, and WandaVision was supposed to lead directly into um, Doctor Strange 2 and Spider-Verse, or Spider-Verse, ha, Spider-Man 3, um, etc. And now that scheduling is all off due to whatever. And now I, I'm curious actually to see where WandaVision is going to end up because. Almost inevitably, we're going to have some delayed resolution uh, to that, and we're going to get Falcon and Winter Soldier and and Loki, for that matter, in between. But I do wonder yeah. if Loki's going to shed some light on Wandavision. Um, it certainly seems like it could. I think I think it may. Um, I mean, they've shown that they can adapt and make changes when needed. 
Um, real quick, Major thing, uh, we do have an official title finally for the third Spider-Man movie. Um, no way home. Very, very ominous. Yeah. What do you, what, some what of do you, the other ones are. Say what? What do you make of that title, by the way? Um, I'm, I'm very like, listen, you know me, you know, Spider-Man's my guy. And of all the Marvel things, Marvel's done the thing. I've been most critical of is Spider-Man. They're, they're fine. They're entertaining, but I, I don't think, I think they're doing the character a bit of a, of a injustice. Um, kind of making him a glorified sidekick character. Um, so I think the, the no way home may refer to the identity outing, um, which sniffs of one more day, which there are certain things that you mention them going to cause Spider-Man fans to cringe. That's one of them. That, that is... That is one of them. Although it's one of the three, I, that, I think. Yeah, we're not. Gonna, I, uh, yeah, you know what? Th- I I think you know one, what. The three one I more say day, are. Clone Saga. Um, what, what would you say the third one is? Oh, I'm gonna say it, and you're gonna go. Oh, yeah. Uh, sins past, Carl. Oh yeah. Yeah. See. See. Um, yeah. We don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk got, about that one. That got forgotten really quick hey folks remember the story of wednesday don't, even, don't even tell him don't e- oh god don't even tell him i'm talking and over had you. kids uh you, don't don't yeah don't neither neither does marvel um yeah oh geez yeah i'm i'm looking at my my boxes of comic books and i know that those are in there somewhere oh damn yeah but um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, I have a I have a much more cynical analysis of that movie title. Okay. I I I I think Peter's going to end up if the multiverse stuff is true. If right, uh, my fear is. Peter is going to traverse the multiverse and end up outside of the MCU, and that's the end of Spider-Man in the MCU. Peter's going to be Sam Beckett? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, which which comes out first? That's uh, Spider-Man great. 3 or Doctor Strange 2? I, do, I think Spider-Man, actually. All right. Well, yeah, it might... That might be the ending of Spider-Man, but then they'll fix it in Doctor Strange. Maybe. 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 Who knows? Who knows? knows? Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right, folks. It's been been a long show. Um, Nah. (laughs) We uh, we appreciate you sticking with us, as you always do. Um, We're going to wrap up WandaVision next week. And... Uh, hopefully have some better audio quality, at least on my end for you. Um, in the meantime, if you would like to uh, contact us, send us any questions or comments to be read on the show, 
You can do so at the following social media locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devils Do Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devils Do Pod. You can email us at the Devils Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devils Do Podcast.com. Drew, that being said, any closing thoughts? Um, if you have not began already, please start watching The Expanse and, um, don't, don't get, uh, don't get too sucked into the mechanical keyboard realm because it's a deep, deep well. It is deep well. We've all been listening to that deep well this entire show. <laughs> Hearing the clickety clack in the background. Yeah, my tester's fun. This is a it, it's a it's a fun stress release stress relief tool actually. <laughs> uh, all right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Have a great week. Be excellent to each other, and we'll talk to you again soon.